Hello everybody and welcome back to Two Girls One Book Podcast. We have had a short hiatus for kind of multiple reasons, but um, (laughs) it was pretty much enforced due to just busy schedules. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Nothing particularly exciting, uh, but... But there we go. The, these things happen. So we're back with a sort of double header episode today, aren't we? So we were kindly gifted Jennifer Saint's newer book, Electra, um, by the publishers. And because it was a really pretty cover, <laughs> I said yes. <laughs> Going into it knowing that I'm not the biggest Greek mythology mm-hmm. retelling fan. If you've listened to our Circe and Song of Achilles episodes, I liked one and not the other so much. Um, but yeah, I wanted to give it another chance. And Hannah, Hannah likes it. Yeah. Hannah's more, this is more Hannah's vibe. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to have another go. So he said yes um, and received that. And I also wanted to do my homework properly and read Ariadne as well we did it the wrong way round didn't we because yeah. we wanted to read Electra for the publishing date yeah which was a few weeks ago now it's been out a little while hasn't it yeah so we read that first but we're gonna talk about them semi in chronological order so we're gonna go Ariadne first and then Electra um, and talk about some of our thoughts and feelings on the matter. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to go, <laughs> but <laughs> should be interesting. Uh, so Hannah's going to do her normal thing of uh, reading a little synopsis that she's put together to give you a vibe um, for the book, and then we'll discuss. Yeah. Um, so Ariadne by Jennifer Saint is a modern retelling of a Greek classic. Ariadne is a princess of Crete. Her brother was born after their mother was cursed by Poseidon, and he is the Minotaur, kept in an underground labyrinth beneath the palace where they live. She risks everything to escape when the handsome Theseus, Prince of Athens, comes to her island to defeat the Minotaur, but the happy ending she sought is not so simple as she ends up alone on an island left to fend for herself. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we'll probably do spoilers when we're chatting about it because obviously there's things that happen that I've not com- kind of included in the synopsis. So Yeah, I mean, with these mythology retellings, though, like most people who go into it, I presume, know-ish yeah. what's yeah, what's these gone down. stories are tried and told from thousands yeah. of years ago. So if you've so it's not heard, it's it. one of those spoilers. Yeah, it's like you talking about Jurassic Park with me and yeah. being like, "You should have watched it. Yeah. <laughs> you should yeah. have. Uh, you should know these stories by now." Caveat: I don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was all new to me. Yeah. So. This was, uh, this is kind of like a different branch of mythology because I felt like with without going into what, what I'm thinking about Electra, um, there was definitely uh, links to 
like Song of Achilles and things with yeah. Electra, which I think helped me yeah. sort of grab on to something. This was a different kettle of fish. Yeah. I I knew minimal amounts about uh like the the minor is it the Minotaur? Is that yeah. how you spar- the minotaur. pronounce it? Yeah. Minotaur. Um so I I knew roughly about that, but to be honest, it, all of this was fairly um new to me. <laughs> well, I mean, strangely, having said that I'm a bit of a Greek mythology nerd, the the story of the Minotaur is also one which hasn't featured like massively in my life. So I actually also Is it had... mainly cuz it's it's just a bit grim. Yeah, and I yeah, I do. I think that's what it is. Um <laughs> And that is Grim why, concept. <laughs> as as an adult, I think that's why I really enjoyed this book because it was mm-hmm. it was me seeing it with a fresh set of eyes and going, oh, these are things that I probably wouldn't have got or understood or kind of connected with reading as a as a younger person, but I liked yeah. that deeper and darker kind of aspect to this story. Um, so I really enjoyed it. The yeah, so diving a little bit deeper into it, Ariadne's mum is cursed by Poseidon to fall in love with a bull. And mm-hmm. she, I mean, I guess goes out of her way to seduce said bull and from that union comes the Minotaur. Um, mm-hmm. Who at, f- at first is kind of introduced, I thought, in a really cute way. Like, he seemed really cute. I, this baby little half man half bull thing as a baby um which is where ariadne got that connection with him she talks in the book about having being around him when he's a baby and seeing him growing and things it just becomes apparent that he is definitely wild and unruly and and a monster rather than yeah something which can be tamed I I quite liked that dark side of things. Their father then sees him as a, a weapon, I guess, or something which he can use to scare people from the other islands and kind of keep this position of power with the threat of the Minotaur. And that's when we delve into the stories of human sacrifices and all of those things, which are definitely more up my street than yours. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, I... <sighs> So this it's a weird one with this one. I I didn't dislike it. I think I feel very similarly with this book as what I did with Circe. Yeah. It just took me an awful lot of brain power to get through. I really like Jennifer Saint's writing. It it is quite um like it's it it's easy to follow like and I I don't really understand why I had such a problem getting through this book because yeah. I didn't find that with Electra. Spoiler alert! Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just a for me like a timing thing. <laughs> I don't know. I tried both listening to this. I started on audiobook and then didn't found that I wasn't really like getting into it. And so then I. Yeah, read the physical copy for the rest of it, um, and I don't really know which I preferred because it just took me ages. <laughs> I don't know. I I just didn't have like the thread. I I don't know. I do. Think I really don't know what I think about it. 
when I'm considering it comparing to Electra, I do feel like maybe not quite so much happens in this one. There's a lot of her yeah. Ariadne once she's escaped and so Theseus leaves her on this island. He takes her away. They're going to get married and it's going to be romantic and amazing. And that lasts all of about 24 hours before he abandons her on an island. Yeah. yeah. And then there is quite a bit of her just on her own on the island. Yeah. Obviously there's other characters come in later on, her future husband, all of that. But there's there's a lot less interaction, I think, between her and other characters, which is similar Maybe. to Cersei. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I think maybe... Abandoned on an island. (laughs) Yeah, I think when we arrived at the island, I was was kind of like, again! (laughs) I was a bit bit bored by this last time, so maybe that, like, switched, like, flicked a switch in in my mind to be like, oh, this feels like it might be hard work for me. And... All the, all the men were just really shoddy for the most part, weren't they? Um, I, think I liked that's... her sister. That was pretty much yeah, Phaedra. I, yeah, she. I liked her, and that was about it. I didn't really feel much for Ariadne. Really, weirdly, I don't know. What did you make of her? Um, I quite liked her. I don't know whether I maybe connected with her a little bit more as an older sister their their sister right. relationship okay. i quite i quite liked and i understood that kind of feeling of there's elements where she kind of thought she's going to go back for her sister she wouldn't have left if she didn't think she could go back for her and that thought of the relationship that they had i did i understood where she was coming from um sure. i don't think that she necessarily had anything particularly about her personality yeah. wise which i do think maybe there needed to be a, a few more layers added yeah but i think a lot of that comes from interaction with other characters and when she's yeah. there only as you said the male characters were a bit rubbish so if all she's got to bounce off is these bad male characters i don't know where she had to grow and, and go with it um, yeah all the float the floating really women what her... are they yeah so what what were they called? They called. The I can't either. The, the floaty women is a good word. That's that's how we'll describe them. <laughs> I saw them as like kind of um, nymphs or something like that. Were they? Is that what they were? Yeah. Some sort of like kind of they, they creatures were... that were yeah fairly devoid of anything. Those moments that I really enjoyed when she's talking about her. So one of the threads of her kind of growing as a as a character was when she's talking about learning about her mother and the curse upon her mum and how her mum reacted to that. And then she compares her to Medusa, who's obviously this fictional character that we all know, I presume. She's one of the more famous mythological creatures. Um, and her understanding of that strong female character who fights back against the the judgment and and um, punishments handed down to her by the gods. I liked those moments where she was kind of determined to be a bit stronger than her mum was, but I don't think that she really got much chance to show that, really. No. Um, And I would have liked to have seen that a little bit more. Sure. Whereas Phaedra had 
a lot more opportunity to show her uh, fieriness, if you yeah. will, and determination and, yeah, all of that side of things. Yeah, I to- maybe, maybe that's why I much preferred reading Phaedra's chapters, yeah. actually. Because um, I did... I, we all know that I love a dual point of view situation. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that... I think that does ha- did help me, um, like keep my attention. Because if it had been all Ariadne, I might not have finished it. <laughs> Which is bad because we wanted to record a podcast. On it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have just been me this talking. <laughs> to be honest, this isn't the reason why there's been a, a massive delay in recording it. It did take me a little while to finish, but I did finish it quite a while ago. Yeah, so <laughs> you were in That's time. not. Yeah, that's not been the reason for the enforced uh, little sabbatical that we had. But um, but yeah, it <laughs> it yeah. did sort of add add to me not not necessarily pushing to record because I. I'm finding it really hard to like formulate um well thought out <laughs> <laughs> things to say. <laughs> um yeah, it's just one of those where because I need I still need to write my review for it as well. I I know that I can take a really nice picture of it, but yeah. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to say anything particularly dazzling. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of um, her relationship with Dionysus. So the towards the end of the book, she's not rescued by Dionysus, which I think is important to say. So Jennifer Saint very definitely yeah. writes from the perspective of previously unheard voices within this kind of genre. So traditionally, these yeah. Greek myths would be told of of strong, brave men that went to war, and they were definitely yeah. the central characters. Which I did wonder, this kind of trope that we've seemed to have stumbled upon of women just being plonked on an island and left, whether that was a way <laughs> of just getting rid of the girls in the story because the the important stuff that, that we all wanted to hear about was the man going to war. And so what this is the kind of other side of it, of what happened to the woman when she had been just plonked onto an island. Um and I think it's a really interesting way of looking at these stories. I appreciated it and I like that kind of slant on it. Um, but so their relationship towards the end becomes maybe one of her bigger challenges when she's emotionally dealing with the kind of idea of his immortality and her mortality, the challenges yeah. of ageing and they have children together who are going to age faster than he yeah. does um those questions which i think are far more interesting than the big war moments that we've previously read in greek mythology um sure but i don't know yeah. whether she was the character to to broach them because she wasn't super engaging or emotional yeah, but so many people blimmin' well love this book, so a lot of people must have found her engaging. Because you don't love a yeah. book if you don't find a character engaging. Surely. 
Yeah. In like whether Maybe you we di- made... whether you dislike them or I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we made a mistake in reading it after Electra. The wrong way round. Because the Maybe. characters in Electra, we will get onto in a moment, but the characters yeah. in Electra are a, a little more fully formed and they, yeah. they've got more people to bounce off and more emotion yeah. I felt so maybe yeah. we made the mistake of reading it the wrong way around potentially yeah I well hindsight and all that jazz um, <laughs> but, but to be honest though I think if I'd have read this one first I maybe wouldn't have read Electra right although having said that okay. I read I did it the wrong way around with Cersei and Song of Achilles as well and didn't massively get on with Cersei but really enjoy Song of Achilles so don't know (laughs) um but yeah I think the thing that I took from from her her relationship um was that you probably shouldn't marry a god (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was my take home point (laughs) yeah they do come with an awful lot of problems it seems additional issues (laughs) some serious baggage um yeah also like the his i mean i don't really know anything about him obviously i'm coming from at this from somebody who doesn't know the stuff that i probably should know but like his character development was very strange as well yeah at the beginning i quite liked him but then then he went through a weird cultish phase. I wonder whether that's we- purposeful as well. Yeah. Whether it's the traditionally these stories and the the whole idea of Greek gods were that they were held up as this like amazing yeah. person who just did miracles and could do no wrong. And in these books, it seems that those gods you see a flawed side to them which maybe was not portrayed in previous tellings which i would imagine is probably purposeful yeah do you know what i probably need to go out and just read read a book of greek mythology just like the the normal stories yeah just to see what because i'm just coming at it from like these female perspectives so and yeah. that's I I read some when I was younger as well when I was a teenager I tried to get into it. I've been desperately trying to get into this, <laughs> this <thing. laughs> trying so hard. To, I'm trying so hard um maybe I just need to knock it on the head and admit that this isn't my bag but I don't want to because the books are so damn pretty and I want yeah. them on my shelf <laughs> is that really bad of me I think it probably is but but I don't know but so also in this one, there's really briefly, almost to the point that I, I've just remembered, the story of Ithaca and flying too close to the sun, which I oh, feel yeah. like... So that's a story that I would hazard a guess most people are at least familiar mm. with in like their subconscious. Even, even I did. Yeah. yeah. But it's so fleetingly mentioned mm. and an, only from the perspective of the sisters who live within the walls and, and kind of yeah. know of this character in their periphery. Um yeah and it is this almost the more you dive into it the more tangents you can go off on um and it's all of these little crossovers that you you will have had in your in your conscious somewhere but just not been super familiar with um yeah 
One thing I really want to um, I want to know is how how they the authors of these um, retellings how they decide on who they're going to hone in on. Yeah, I don't know because there there must be so many different avenues that you could go down, which is great for them because they can just churn out a load of books and make a load of money hopefully yeah um but yeah how do you know how how do you know which ones are gonna engage people i don't know yeah i guess some of it is kind of pop culture when we talked about song of achilles there's obviously been the brad pitt movie troy all of those kind of big budget things that that get specific characters into people's consciousness um okay the minotaur i think was featured in like 80s movies i've definitely seen like old kind of charlton heston time movies with those kind of things but nothing recently so yeah i wonder jennifer saint is a is she a classics lecturer so i guess she's got a a wealth of characters about which she probably knows a lot so yeah I wonder who's coming next. <laughs> I know I'd be. I would be interested. One thing that I do do want to say that um, has been interesting for me since reading these two and both of the Madeline Miller books as well is that I've noticed so many references to all of these different Greek uh, stories in other books that I'm reading. So particularly, they come up. They come up quite often in in historical fiction novels mm-hmm. i guess because mythology was something that, that was talked about probably more in historic settings yeah. rather than today um so like in a couple of the books that i've read this month there have been references that i now understand <laughs> yes <laughs> i would have just been like well whatever i don't that's uh, yeah doesn't concern me so i can understand what's going on the book on in the book without it but like in um, the Daughters of Night, which is one of the books that I read this month, huge swathes of it is about like painting and uh, all of the characters that have like come up in these two books, right? Which was really interesting. So yeah, I think it, I think I'm loathed to say that I don't want to read anymore because. I'm enjoying the fact that I've got a bit more knowledge now. Yeah. It kind of feels like schoolwork, though. <laughs> like I'm I'm ploughing through it so that I know it, rather than because yeah. I'm enjoying it. But I, I enjoy the fact that I know it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. <laughs> and it leads us quite nicely into the second book, which we're going to talk yeah. about today, which is um, Electra, which is Jennifer Saint's most recent book. Um, yes. One which you'd already done a little bit of homework on. Yes, I had. <laughs> I had, and it helped. Right. So um, I'll quickly do a little, a little bit of a of a synopsis for Electra, just to kind of set the scene. Um, it's again another retelling of a well-known Greek myth, but from the perspectives of female characters and three lesser-known characters at that. So there's, please forgive my pronunciation if this is wrong. Clytemnestra, um, sister of the famous right. Helen of Troy, and 
she loses more than just her sister in the aftermath of Helen's leaving. She vows to get her revenge for her loss. We also meet Cassandra, the princess of Troy, blessed with the gift of prophecy, but cursed so that no one believes her when she warns them of the imminent attack by the Greeks. And lastly, the titular Electra, daughter of Clytemnestra and Agamemnon, who cares not about the complexities of the war, but simply wants her father back at home. So a story which we've touched upon in other books, the kind yes. of fall of Troy, the Trojan horse and all of that jazz. And that helped yeah. you to connect with this one? Yeah, definitely. I think because I because I really enjoyed the Song of Achilles as well, um, I think that helped that the the link I had a positive spin on the the links that fed into to this book as well. Um I found these three characters as well to be because it's told from those three points of view isn't it and like um switches between them i found the fact that they were all very different as well um i found that really engaging i don't know i think i felt like the the pacing of it for me felt better as well i this one i flew through like it wasn't it wasn't an issue at all yeah um so yeah this is this is why i'm a bit like oh i don't know i don't know what i think about (laughs) these retellings (laughs) like some of them i'm really enjoying and it's by the same author it's not her writing style in particular or anything like that um i think it was just literally the characters and i found the story to be more engaging as well yeah I I agree with what you said about them being kind of different from each other, but they also were coming from very different perspectives, which I think helped because it helped me to kind of see the whole story almost 3D. I could see from all different angles and they were placed in different locations as well. So we were getting the perspective of Cassandra within the walls of Troy where Helen has been brought or has gone willingly, but then also the perspectives of... Um, Clytemnestra and Electra who were in the Greek islands waiting where she'd left and I think being able to see all of those perspectives at the same time really helped to build this picture of exactly where we were and what was going on um, Yeah, I really really enjoyed this one as well um, I really liked Ariadne but this one I enjoyed more yeah um, all three of the characters I thought were likable in their own way, but also okay. had elements that I thought were a little flawed, which I think sure. is, is yeah, same. great. That helps you to feel like they're real characters. Yeah. Um, which is weird when it's a, myth- a, a mythological yeah. tale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because most of the stuff, I, I think that might also be something to do with it because some of it's just so fantastical and unbelievable yeah. that I I have to put on a slightly different thinking cap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I liked Electra out have, of the three. I have written Electra was a little bratty. She was quite annoying, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah. um, 
but I think she came yeah she just came across she came across as being a bit of a, a sort of spoil only child but she wasn't a spoil only child yeah uh, so and like I get I I get where she's she was coming from but it didn't make me like her any anymore yeah um yeah. I, I felt don't know. the same I, I think i liked to be able to see the the kind of miscommunications and the misconceptions between her and her mother they mm. both obviously had different <laughs> thoughts on why the other was behaving the way that they do and then <laughs> sorry i just like, i just took a, took a drink of water and splashed it right in my eye i looked away for a second and then i couldn't work out what had happened <laughs> uh, yeah oh gosh sorry <laughs> do carry on um yeah i liked being able to see that that relationship from both sides i think yeah um yeah, same. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I think whilst I didn't necessarily agree with Electra and the way that she was carrying on and behaving, I could see why her, in her naive teenage mind, yeah. did think and act the way that she did. Um, and it was nice to see both layers of that story kind of bounce mm-hmm. off each other in real time almost. You would see Electra's reaction to something and then read Clytemnestra's reasoning for her behaviour and the way that she felt and I think that was really nice sure yeah I really liked uh, Clytemnestra um I mean she's she's a fairly flawed character herself (laughs) um and gets more flawed as as things progress um I think the the thing about about her that made her I don't know it I think it was uh the fact that she almost sort of forgot about her living children I think yeah. was the the thing that sort of turned me off her character um because obviously she went through like an unimaginable loss Agamemnon was a bit of a wrong one, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's like, just he was a the, bit. <laughs> the, the kind of classic, just, I am man, hear me roar. Like, just yeah, sacrificing people willy-nilly for yeah. war, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, like, I, I understood where all of the grief and angst came from. Yeah. Um, but it did make me kind of feel sorry for our little bratty Electra. Yeah. So. I think if... I, I agree with you. I think that that was something which I, I didn't kind of... I didn't like about her character and didn't understand on a personal level. But I can kind of see how on an almost cartoonish level that the the lack of power that women must have felt over yeah. the, their entire lives at that moment that almost the act of her taking this moment and focusing on it to the detriment of absolutely everything else was a way of her taking back her power within this story anyway um, sure. and saying that you you can take this from me but I will take it straight back and I'll take it worse <laughs> um, yeah. 
so I, I could understand why, but I didn't like that about her character. I didn't, I didn't connect with it on that, on that level. And I actually no. think I maybe wouldn't have liked her without Electra and vice versa. I think I yeah. liked them as a, as a pairing to bounce off each other, but separately, I don't know that I, I would have connected with either of them at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the interplay was key to us seeing that different sides of their psyche, I guess, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and what about poor Cassandra? Um, she had a interesting time of it. <laughs> she did, and I think that she was... I, I quite liked her character as well. I felt like she almost got lost a little bit in the drama yeah. of the other two characters. Sure. But when she did crop up, I was interested to see her perspective because so much of the story that we hear of Troy is of the of the perspective of Paris and Helen. They were the famous, infamous couple who um, we've heard all of the stories about for however many years. And it was quite interesting to see how someone else within the walls of Troy would perceive... Yeah. Not just the whole situation, but Helen herself. The moments where she talks about Helen as a, as a person, I really enjoyed seeing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I wondered if really she'd been used almost as like a, a fly on the wall kind of yeah. voice rather than anything. I mean, I guess there's also the crossover that she then uh, makes her way into... Clytemnestra's life as well Um, it's quite a hectic ending yeah (laughs) like I it all came to a a a head kind of quicker than I was expecting it to like everything at the end was just like yeah and And then it's done (laughs) yeah (laughs) I felt the same um I mean I couldn't stop reading it towards the end I was like I need to just keep going and yeah. I think having those multiple um, points of view, I would read one from Cassandra's point of view and then I'd want to rush forward to get to the next bit to see what sure. was going on. Um, so I think that worked really well to kind of just keep that pacing going really, really mm. quickly. The ending I didn't necessarily see coming. I know that it was, and that might be really naive of me because it's set up the whole way through Clytemnestra very definitely is she's on a mission and I don't know why I doubted that she was going to get to the end of her mission Um, sure (laughs) but I did and I was surprised when it happened and and yeah I I liked the ending yeah yeah me too Um, and that's what that's one of the things that I then read about in two other books recently like right. that ending was then talked about which is mad like i would never have even thought about about it cropping up in other books until i've noticed recently it more and more i obviously just completely gloss over things that i don't understand it's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it's fine um but now i now i know so and um, yeah so i really enjoyed this book i I really enjoyed the lecture um so 
Yeah, maybe I, maybe we just did it in the wrong order. I don't know. I don't know what to think, Hannah. <laughs> you just don't like books where women get left on islands. Yeah, I think that That's might be That's the running it. theme. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> on their own. Oh, it's fine if they're left on an island with like loads of other fun people. I used to love watching Shipwrecked. Oh yeah, Channel 4. <laughs> T4. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That was like prime reality TV before it got rubbish. Yeah. I don't know why it's that that's like what Love Island should be. I know that people yeah. will be watching Love Island at the moment, but I've decided not to partake. Um I have it takes over I my life. Ever partook. Have you not? No. I don't think you're missing out on much. I watched uh I think I've watched like two series. Right. But it took so much of my life up. Yeah. I <laughs> I just decided that I can't I can't do that anymore. I don't have that time. I don't have that luxury. Um and if we want to still read books then yeah, I really don't have that time or luxury. No time so Island. I think I'm quite lucky because no. I've worked in like construction places with like loads of lads. So I don't mm. feel like I'm missing out on no. any like workplace gossip sitting around the water no. cooler because none of them are talking about Love Island. Love Island. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not my thing. I did like no. Shipwrecked, though. Shipwrecked is great, um, but books about ladies on islands on their own, not for me. Mm. I think I like a little bit more action. I'm all about the wars and stuff like that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, like, the not retellings is where it's at. Maybe I like actual mythology. Yeah. I don't want to hear... I don't want to hear a woman's point of view. <laughs> if that's not the soundbite for this week's episode. <laughs> oh, we'll get cancelled. I No, I do. I'm interested. And I was interested in these three women in particular. And I also yeah. liked Phaedra. Um, I just wasn't... I just wasn't that sold on Ariadne. I'm so sorry. That's fine. You can't, you can't like them all, can you? No, but yeah, think... maybe I'll I'll see I'll see what the next what the next ones about. I think I'll have to like research a little bit whenever there's like a retelling book that comes out and it's yeah. like all over Bookstagram, and research a little bit about the backstory for me to know whether it's going to be my bag or yeah. not. Um, so maybe I just have to be a bit pickier about which ones I go for rather yeah. than every single one and the more that you read the more homework you've done <laughs> yeah and the more I you'll know. have that kind of backstory already woven yeah. in and i think True. that does help to be able to just drop yourself back into the world and know sure. where we are and who we're talking about so i think the more you read the easier it will get but for sure yeah, we'll wait it's with bated breath to see what's next <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely read more from Jennifer Saint. I did I did enjoy her writing. Like it was especially with Electra, it was really easy to um like follow and understand what was going on. So um yeah, I think my my qualms were not with her. I think it was more a st- the actual story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than the storytelling. Yeah. If that makes sense. 
Well, there you go. That's a, our brief thoughts and feelings on a couple of Greek mythology retellings. Who knows if we'll do another episode like this. We'll find out in due course. But I've enjoyed talking about them anyway. Yeah. Me too. There was more to more to unpack in my thoughts than I thought there would be. <laughs> yeah, it could have just been me talking for an hour and you nodding. <laughs> or shaking your head. <laughs> yeah. Or just looking a bit baffled. <laughs> Fab. So next featured read we have decided on haven't we we have yes i can never remember what it's called though no, <laughs> we're both I, looking at each you other like are you gonna made, say it? you made a fool of death with your beauty with your beauty yeah. it's got like the most ridiculous acronym <laughs> yeah <laughs> to go with it um but yes, I've seen nothing but rave reviews on it and I went and purchased the uh, independent indie bookstore copy with spreads because I wanted to. <laughs> um, so I've got that to look forward to. I've not started it yet, but but that's what we're going to do um, for the next one. Uh, and we will have a short stories episode coming soon as well because, yeah, we've gotten a little bit off schedule, so I don't know whether we'll drop a couple sort of closer together than a fortnight, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. See what happens. Uh, but we won't leave it so long between podcasts. It's not actually been that long. I don't know why I'm beating, no, beating myself up like about it's been it. Like, we had a week's holiday. <laughs> yeah, we had a week off. That's literally it. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. <laughs> but anyhow, we won't have a week off ever again. That's it. We definitely, we definitely <laughs> will. Uh, I'm going on a honeymoon in October and I'm not going to record a podcast while I'm there. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just in the middle of Disney World. That would be... I, people might like that. I don't know. I'm not going to do it though. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see... Well, no, we won't see you. We'll speak at you, obviously. Um, we'll speak at you later with an, a new uh, short stories episode. Um, yeah. Yep. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls, One Book podcast. If you like what you've heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all, all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls, One Book Pod. So come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time.